There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. When was the last time you had really good Texas-style barbecue? Eric's Family Barbecue, the way it's supposed to taste. Always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Eric's Family Barbecue uses only 100% fresh meat, slowly smoked over mesquite wood until it's juicy and delicious. We all know their brisket is the best, but have you tried their pulled pork, pork ribs, or rib tips? Amazing, and their sides are all house-made. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meat, mesquite, repeat. Make the trip. You won't be sorry. Sorry, go to ericsfamilybbq.com for more information. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Thursday. It's 545. This is the morning sickness. My name's John. How are you there? Good. There's Brady. Big, wait a minute. Brett just ran away and Big Dick Leo's gone. So it might just be you and I this morning. Where'd Brett go? Oh, we forgot his headphones. How many years have you wandering in here, sitting here in the studio, ready to go, and Brett forgets his headphones? He's been in here for an hour. Came in early. Look, Izzy, bring the headphones. You show up to work on time with your materials in hand. Hey, at least I'm here when the show starts. By the way, countdown to when Ski Mask arrives. Still not here. (laughs) Show starts at five thirty-six. I'm not sure when. I I don't know. Let's look up the website. I don't know how she got this deal. I need to talk to her agent. It, it starts when she gets here. Man. I know. Essentially, she threw it down. The power of the puss, I think, is where uh, we're at. <laughs> it's impressive. I'm impressed by it. I don't know. I find it to be fascinating. Uh, I am also fascinated, as you most of uh, you people have been with us for a long time, with serial killers, especially that of John Wayne Gacy, since I felt some odd connection to that as a child uh, growing up in uh, – northwestern uh, Indiana, which is basically East Chicago now. It's where everybody – Brett and I were just talking about this the other day. Everybody in Chicago is like, screw this. And they still work and do things in Chicago, but they live in Indiana now. Yeah. So all the region, they call it, and it's a dump. It is a hillbilly dump. But there are some gorgeous plots of farmland. Oprah moved in to a place uh, – and it's more centralized, but it's in Indiana because it's an easier place to live than Chicago. Chicago's a brutal place to live. They're so, trying to do the Chip and jo- Joanna Gaines thing to Indiana property. I don't know if they're Towns. doing. They're not doing anything to it. They're just moving in. I mean, there's places. Oh, I to thought live. they might, no, no, might be it's just not like redoing a, neighborhoods. No, it's or, not like rentals or anything. They're just getting in there because it's horrible to live in Chicago. Yeah, the taxes are brutal. Everything, all Insane, the yeah. it's it's just a, a it's a nightmare for a lot of people. So they're moving over in Indiana. I lived in that area, and that was the reason I bring it up is because it's within 25 minutes of downtown Chicago. You're right there. It would be like living in. Scottsdale. I mean, it's that close. You're, just, you're freeway away. So uh, when I was a kid, uh, my grandpa just plopped me down and I'd watch the news with him all the time. You know, in 1977, 78, 79, you're five, six, seven, eight years old. And, uh, and the news is horrifying. And then one night, they're pulling bodies out of this house in this plains. 
And uh, one after another comes rolling. I was not displaying it was somewhere else, but it was uh, pulling them out. And they kept showing pictures of a clown and this fat guy who looks like, by the way, the one thing about John Wayne Gacy, when you're a kid, you are judgmental because that is your survival skill that you're, you're innately uh, brought. It's, it's, it's in you to look around and go, all right, that's bad. And everything that's ever been bad uh, becomes everything that looks like that is bad. So if Brett hits me and I'm a kid, I see people that look like Brett. I'm triggered by that. That's how kids are. Well, everyone in Chicago and Northwest Indiana looks exactly like John Wayne Gacy. You got the little <laughs> weird mustache. They're fat. Uh, they're kind of lumbering. They got the same kind of talk. You know, everybody's out here doing this thing. and Like the SNL skit. It is exactly that. And that is that couldn't be more true. Now, you're not uh, advanced or nuanced or woke enough to sit and go, every individual is a snowflake. When you're a kid, everything is – what I'm seeing here, This the, people who look like that – kill kids stuff them in the basement and pull them out and that's essentially what i was thinking my grandpa wouldn't turn up my grandma's yelling at him so i became kind of obsessed with this john wayne gacy uh, all clowns are horrifying uh guys from chicago hey i can get that for you come with me and you're like Ooh, i don't like this at all i don't like his voice i don't like anything so the new netflix documentary is on and i started to watch that yesterday New and tapes. New right. tapes. And, and it is all new stuff. I've watched a lot on John Wayne Gacy, and I know his story and the whole thing. And he'd been in jail before and somehow or another always charmed. And I don't know how a guy who looks and sounds like that could charm anything, but he'd charm an entire city. Uh, he, he became like a, a, just everything. He was uh, – they have like these town leader type things, and he always was that. He was uh, – like a constable, or a, you know, he was always around. Kind of the model citizen. Yeah, yeah he was the perfect yeah. guy. He was in. He was the you know the JC's president and all that. You know, is one of those types of Midwestern knobs that just everyone knew. If there was a problem in the neighborhood, John Wayne Gacy was there helping you shovel your driveway, and that was his part of his allure. Was that this? And he'd go to bars, and everybody loved him, and all that. Well, the uh, the funny thing is, is when you watch the documentary, and I hadn't, I didn't know this. They couldn't transfer information when he moved from – he was city in Iowa. City to city? He didn't go really city to city. He went Iowa and then he was Chicago. Chicago, Iowa, Chicago. And uh, when he was in Iowa, he, he raped a guy and went to jail uh, on a 10-year sentence for sodomy of a 15-year-old. Yeah. Right? And it wasn't like – it wasn't like today, like it would be just the end of him. Uh, he and a, a 15-year-old uh, watched porn movies together and blew each other and – and then they're like, well, you can't do that. And so they sentenced him to 10 years. He did 18 months because he charmed everyone in jail, started a JCs in jail, uh, and got uh, members and everything else, the largest JC. And it was amazing, the stories, like how, how he could just work his way through all this stuff. So he gets back, and, and the story of documentaries always amazes me because they interview in this someone I'd never seen interview, uh, somebody who kind of escaped his clutches before he got thrown in jail the first time in the, in the mid-'60s. And it was a guy who, with a few friends, was going to drive from one city to another, and they were going to. And they picked. Up, they stopped at John Wayne Gacy's house. It was the boss of one of the kids in the car. He ran Kentucky Fried Chickens, and the kid said, "I got to stop and get my check, and we'll go over to this guy's house and everything." He's got a pool table and the bar. They're playing pool and whatever. It's snowing. Uh, they're sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. They're drinking, and the one kid's like, "I don't want to get on these roads in the wintertime with these guys drinking." And they said, well, John, John Gacy wants to go, so why don't you stay here tonight and then you two ride up tomorrow and you can kind of tell him where to go. And he's like, okay, that seems – I don't really want to do that, but okay, this guy seems all right. Playing pool for money, 
And then those two dudes take off. So now it's just this guy who's never met John Gacy and John Gacy in playing pool. And uh, the kid said, I was good at pool. He's 74 now. He said, I was good at pool, so I'm beating him pretty good. He starts to want to play for money, playing for a buck a game, going back and forth. My friends leave, and he goes, let's make this interesting. He goes, why don't you? Now, keep in mind, you're 18. You're in a house, and this guy's like, I know the mayor of Chicago. I know the chief of police. I'm connected. So we get up there. I'm, I'm a connected guy. So he's kind of believing him, and he says, why don't we play one game where if I beat you, you perform sex acts on me. You beat me. I do it to you. And he goes, hell no, I'm not doing that. And he goes, all right, all right, all right. He goes, hey, uh, by the way, I work for this uh, city uh, experiment thing where we test people's reactions to homosexual stuff. And I'm, you know, like I shock you to see what your reaction is and then, you know, kind of report back. He's like, all right, whatever, weirdo. And you had a good reaction. Right. He's like, ah, you're good. He's a place more pool. And he goes, uh, all right, well, uh, we'll get ready. So he said, uh, he goes, you want to watch a stag film with me, a porno? Back in the day, he sets up this uh, big projector. Again, this is a guy who's like, I've never met this person. So they start watching this stag film together. And uh, John Wayne Gacy gets up to get a drink and then comes back and he hears click. And he's got a gun to the back of the guy's head. And he goes, "Uh, why don't you take your pants off right now? And the kid, he said, I'm sobbing. I'm crying. I don't know what's going on. I'm taking my pants. I'm like, please don't do this. Please don't do this. And he goes, things are going to start telling what's going to happen. And he goes, ah, I'm just playing around. I wanted to see your reaction to that. And, uh, you know, you're pretty good. You didn't crack. The guy pulls his pants back up and he goes, what the hell just happened? And he's like, but then I realized he's just goofing with me. It's a funny guy. All right. <laughs> what, at what point are, are you going to leave? Like, I'm screaming at the TV like I'm a black guy in a movie theater. Like, get out of there. <laughs> what's wrong with you? He's, he's like, ah, I was a little taken by it. But then he's like, all right, let's go to bed. We got to get up early. And Gacy, all right, get in there and go to bed and we'll get up early. That's fun stuff. Wasn't that fun when I had that gun to your head and it was good? All right, bedtime. Guy goes to bed. He wakes up. John Wayne Gacy has a knife in the middle of his throat and he's just rubbing his leg and his jennies <laughs> and he's just rubbing them up and down and he's just staring at him. And, uh, and the kid starts crying again. He goes, we're going to do some things now and it's going to get uh, – and he said he takes the knife out of the, the center of his throat, just keeps rubbing his thigh. He goes, I'm just playing around with you. It's one of those things, you know, Jesus. just goofing on you. And he leaves. The dude gets in the car with him the next morning. That's on him at that I, point. No, and yes. he was never raped by him. Because he's like, I don't know what to do with you. You won't crack. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying as hard as I can here, and you just don't crack. Basically, he's waiting for the kid to go, all right, get it in me. He wanted to be gay, and he wanted to, like, kind of force the issue. And the kid just keeps going, well, this is ridiculous. I can't believe it. And then in the car the next day, he's like, uh, you know, I know you're mad at me and stuff, but uh, that was pretty funny, and I wanted to see your reaction. You did a good job. You, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get you to break, and that was really all I was trying to do. Just a little scientific social experiment. And he's it's like, a buck. It was unreal. And it reminded me of that one uh, Mormon documentary where the they're so naive, that family of Mormons, that that dude just walked into their house, stole their 12-year-old daughter a couple of times, said he's going to marry, said aliens, uh, told him that she's the one for him, and then ended up getting a hand job from that girl's dad, well, she, which is unreal, and I don't know. Look, sex with the mom. I want him to write a book on how he did it. Ah, the sex with the mom thing made sense to me. She was dumb from jump. I, when I'm watching that documentary, I'm like, she's going to sleep with anybody that says God said. Yeah, but just going through the families. All that woman had to do was God said, and then be convinced that that person meant it, and she was going to do whatever he said next. I, I, I saw that on her. The guy was so religious. He was afraid of gay. He was afraid of like the, the, everything. Going to hell was like the worst. He was 
And the dude's like, you know, friends make each other feel good, and we both made each other feel kind of bad, and I want to make sure we feel good, so let's, uh, let's tug each other here in the car. You, you go first. And the guy reaches over and starts giving him a hand job, and I'm like, and he's crying his eyes. Didn't cry once in this documentary about how uh, his daughter was stolen by the guy at age 12 and, and you know, made a she child bride. Never once cried that that was going on. That seemed normal. The hand job sent him through, ah, and the Lord watched me jerk this guy <laughs> off. And I, I watched these documentaries, and I'm like, how? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I guess how much smarter am I than I think I am? I don't think in any situation like that I would have stuck around. You put a gun to my head as a joke yeah. once. I've been to parties as a, as a teenager when I was really, really dumb. And there were guns on the table. And I'm like, we're gone. That's it. We're out. And I'm like, why? Why? that that's why only bad things can happen if you just have them laying around in this 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 environment this is dumb we're leaving oh they're cool my god i'm leaving then and i remember walking home from one part over by your house and on uh, uh, by chrisman elementary school oh okay and sure enough one weekend after one the weekend i was there one weekend after that one of the people picked one up and just fired it in the air and of course they did and I've been to adult parties, like grown-up people parties, where somebody has guns on the table. I'm like, nope, we're gone. And I was like, I don't know these people. I don't know half the people in here to have loaded weapons laying around. It just seems like a bad mix. We had a staff camp out here years ago, KUPD, when we oh, first yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. And guys brought guns out there. I didn't feel – I mean, like – yeah, knew who they were. Right. I didn't think they'd do – but I'm like, I just don't like the combo of – You're talking about Talvin. Drinking. Calvin and guns. Yeah. Guns. No, it was a bad, it was a bad and mix. And I'm like, this yeah. is. And you didn't know if anybody was a jokester. Right. And I'm not playing that game. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like that either. But it was just, it is one of those things when people are stupid, I, I tend to go, all right, it's time to go. I watch these documentaries and how many chances people give another person to not offend them, even though they just put a gun to your head and made you pull your pants down. And then that guy who I'm talking about didn't even tell the authorities until after uh, John Gacy got caught doing something with someone else, that he's like, hey, he tried that with me. Because why? I didn't want people to think I was gay. Snitches. I mean, it, it wasn't even worried about that. And he didn't gay, care about the snitches. snitches. Like, I, I don't want, want that. I was 18, and I didn't want people to think that I was in a house with a guy, and he was you know, rubbing on me. Hanging out with a twink or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because some... that means I'm gay. Right. Yeah. I don't want that. Yep. That's horrifying. Did you ever see that movie years ago uh, with uh, Brian Dennehy who played uh, gay son? Yes. Catch a Killer? Man, uh, it's... Is it good? It's creepy. Yeah, yeah he it. looks like him. Yeah. I mean... Well, he, he looks really? like everybody in Chicago. Yeah, pretty much. He, uh, yeah, if you put a mustache on anybody his size, they're all John Wayne. He, yeah. That's probably the best That's the only one I know. Yeah, yeah. I thought it looked anyone. like a made-for-TV movie, so I skipped it. I don't like watching those... Uh, chronological here's how it happened the documentary is pretty good so far i'm only one i can only watch one at a time I but it sounds after. like i mean at least on that movie and then you read about it he was definitely grooming i mean he looked at oh. a certain it, it, the 18 17 year old 
the 15 yeah. to 18 yeah. wanderer. Well, it wasn't even wanderers. It was people a couple that of them trusted he would, him. He would give them jobs. Yeah, that was it. They, like, well, he would hire these people. And that was different because it was the 70s. And when then you, you want to come over for beer after yeah. work. You weren't really a drifter so much as you were just somebody who needed some money. Yeah. Like you're 17. Like I'd have done it. Like, hey, I'll give you a job. You, all you got to do is throw nails through wood. That's it. I'm, I got this contracting thing. You just got to learn to paint. And I'll give you, you know, eight or 10 bucks a day. For a couple hours, I'm like, absolutely. Like that's that was exciting, and that's how you lure teenagers in, especially in the '70s. Pre, you know, they're in high school, summer job. You did a lot of weird stuff. Um, so he wasn't like going out and going, ah, oh, this this is some street trip. No, and, people and it that was, no, jobs. like you need a job, go see Gacy. Parents would send them over. Hey, Gacy's got work some or construction business. I know this dude. He's the JC's. This he's the the city elderman or whatever he is. I forget the name of the. And he's like trusted, like beyond trusted. And they're like, oh, he's great. He's good. I, I have him do work for me. And he kept the work up to the point where John Wayne Gacy had the cops following him 24 hours a day. And they knocked on his door and said, we're going to follow you 24 hours a day. We're pretty sure you uh, you swiped this one kid. We got nothing. Do you know, I, I didn't realize that the way he got caught was befriending the police. I knew the cops were in his house and smelled dead bodies. But it was because John Wayne Gacy got to be buddies with the cops that were following him around. He charmed them. That's a good idea. So they, he'd go to, of course. And the cops are like, we're going to get him. And he said, uh, he'd go to bars, they'd go to bars. He'd go to dinner, they'd go to dinner. And he's like, just sit with me. Just, what are we doing? And then so one night it was kind of cold in the car. And he opens the door. He goes, come on in. We'll have a couple beers. And the cops go in there. And one guy goes to the bathroom. The heat kicks on. And he's like, oof, I know that smell because they're investigators. And there's a dead body in that in the house. And they needed it was a, It's crazy. It's I also just heard the, uh, crazy. weren't there a couple complaints um, at one time from the neighbors? I'm that there that was some ever. rain or flood, and it was coming out of the. Uh, well, they've had the sump pump was always going because it's a, the water table in the, in the in that area is always questionable. Like you're, that's yeah. what the whole. And I thought there were a couple about. of calls, and they never, you know, it's like oh, it's just smell. They, the, the, cop, the cop that went in there smelled it when the heaters came on. Oof, that's dead body smell, and I know it. And he, then they tried to get a search warrant based on that, and they had to find one other thing. And they did. It's it's pretty fascinating. But I'm just blown away at how naive everybody is, how dumb people. Are. And people always say, "Oh, not my kid." My I, I have friends who say that also. Oh, my kid knows better. Mine's this, that, and the other. It's like, really? You put a gun to a kid's head. You just basically tell him that's that's the end of the relationship. You're, there's no real redemption with a brand new on the first day of knowing someone. If a gun is placed to your head, that person is not your friend anymore, ever again. They can't be trusted. That's how good he was at convincing him that hey, but I'm just joking. I know. I but, can't believe that dude stayed, though. I don't care what anybody... Right. Like, a couple times. The second yeah. time? Yeah. And he's laughing. He's like, oh, you, Gacy, when we're in the car, you're going to hear it from me. It's like, nope. You just... You go to the neighbor's house and go, this guy, I need help. I'm calling the cops. He's pulled a gun on me two times. And what are you doing at his house? I, don't worry about it. I'll get through that. I, I don't care. I guess because I really don't care what anybody thinks of me. I guess I've never had that that thing of, you know, what if they think you're gay? I did in high school, I suppose. But I still, it's a Father Dale thing over there at St. Tim's. Plenty of people Absolutely. didn't talk because who's going to believe me? Over the priest. Over the priest that everybody, that everybody loves. Freaked out yeah. loving. Like he's the greatest thing in the world. And this guy's jerking people off and having sex parties and watching and making me sit naked in front of him. It's like nobody's going to tell on him. And they didn't. But he picked people. He picked the proper people. He wouldn't have picked a guy like me who's going to be like, hey. Because the second I heard him talking to my friend Andy about jerking off, I'm like, your priest is a creep. Oh, my God, not Father Dale. I'm like, your priest is a creep. Yeah. Like, that is something yeah. grown people don't talk to us about. That's creepy.
Oh, he's no, he, I, he, I try, he needs to know everything. I'm like, why? He's my priest. He's closer to God than I am. I'm like, oh, dude, you got to run from this. And I knew immediately that dude was so he wouldn't have picked me, which is what I keep telling myself. It wasn't because I wasn't attractive. It was because I was I was too active. You keep uh, telling yourself I that. I keep telling myself that, Brett. <laughs> it had nothing to do with my ability to attract him. I'm sure he was attracted to me. He was just put off by my uh, mouthy nature. You also weren't, um, you know, a member of the church, too. He didn't care about that. Oh, yeah, didn't yeah, he didn't care about that. He wandered around Dobson High School on it. It only helped. It helped because you Lord, don't question. Which is half of the deal was he wanted teenagers in his presence. He didn't care if they were members of the church. He he placed them in church activities. That house full of pinball machines. He had the two houses there. there. Yeah, it, it was, was all. It was just creepy to lure kids who weren't part of the church over. Yeah. to play around well, and hang yeah, out. Yeah, and realize, team. wow, all these other kids. Oh, it's, it was rape teen, you mean? Is what it should be called. Still to this day, it shouldn't be a thing. I remember that house. It was on the corner. It had yeah. the garage door open. And all yep. these video games. Oh, and it like, was it was a bait factory. Yeah. You look if you drove by it, and even me, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, I don't want to get involved in church stuff, but that looks fun. Oh yeah, and all the hot chicks were in there. Mm-hmm. All Dobson's like cutest girls. That he knew. I can get these boys over here. I just have to talk to the cheerleaders and make sure they know. This is the best place in town. He had two houses. Yeah. He had one full of video games. The other one was the pool party house. And I, I, the dude was evil. Period. The whole lot of them were. That whole building was just filled with awful human beings who were, uh, it was gross. And it was recognizable if you had a brain, but also if you were kind of brainwashed by that system. It pushed you through. It's crazy though. You really, I, you really I, realize how easy it is to just manipulate oh, yeah. a person. I live in that. Well, I live in that neighborhood. Uh, yeah. You know, again, and still trying to get them, huh? Well, you know, yeah, the you, video games aren't there the anymore. Way, Believe me, I looked. By the way, Mister, <laughs> didn't rape you either. <laughs> nope. You were hanging around the same place as I was. But I, me and Medea rode by, and I was pointing out the houses. I'm like, oh well, this yeah. is where all the video. And she was, yeah. what? How come nobody said anything? I go, nobody People thought because did. it was, yeah. It was, you know, he's so close to God, yeah. you know, no, people he couldn't do anything wrong. did say something, and they were immediately shut down. Like, you, how dare you come after? You know what they do for the community? You know how important he is? I said it once. And he did. I told you know, him. That, that was the hard thing well, about it. Well, he did all right. It doesn't outweigh a thing. Yeah, oh, but the church has been doing that, that for years. Nah, for thousands of years. But he used to wander around Dobson, and I remember telling Jake Rowland, who had jowls, was a vice principal of, he was a... He was the guy who took care of discipline. If you went to Jake's office, you were in trouble. <laughs> These jowls were flopping around like uh, Gungan in Star Wars. And I remember telling him, like, I don't think it's appropriate at all that that priest wanders around our school. I, I, you know, I wasn't I was on an active atheist or anything at that point, but I knew that that was wrong. And I didn't like it because he talked about beating off. I'm like, I don't think it's right. These, well, he's a pillar of the community. That's a kid. <laughs> I was removed from Jake's office. I I sat and said, I don't think that dude should be here. This is a public school. It needs to be separate. Period. And the main reason I said it is because he was infiltrating who played baseball. He was making Father it. Dale. Oh, absolutely. was he a scout for? Uh, he was Dobson a scout High as well. Right. Oh, he was a scout, Brett, for St. Tim's and Dobson High, and for buttholes <laughs> and for weak kids. He was scouting all right, but yeah, he was he was uh, at the time, and this was. Before they, the that coach left, like my senior year, he was gone. But I think it was Coach Dowling. He was involved in the church, and they had baseball meetings in the church and stuff. It was weird. And he would wander around in his dress. Hi, how are you? 
good freak. I haven't seen you over at the Teen Life House. Why don't you come by a little bit and we get some brand new games and you can tell me about how you and Tanya jerk each other off. Like, oh yeah, that's something I want to do. Talk to a man in a dress about beating off. I'm not even telling anybody about I didn't know that I wasn't the only one on the planet doing that. I still, I still have personal guilt for what I've done to my mother's towels and my socks. You think I'm going to tell you, strange man in a dress? People did. His his criminal penalty, he got charged $250. I know. Oh, that, oh it's worse than... My the, God. The worst part is, is what didn't happen. Right, though. yeah. But I make a point that every time I see that shyster out there in public, to scream out, Hey, there's the guy who used to rape kids in my high school. And I've watched him leave two restaurants in the Biltmore uh, Mall because... I will not let him walk without and what being reminded. did he get in trouble for? Was it placing other um, oh, it says, uh, priests and it says knowing about it or misdemeanor watching? Misdemeanor assault. Yeah, because he technically wasn't the one doing the damage. He was just assigning it, uh, getting the kid down there, and then watching people uh, do things to the kid. The other priests. Cuckadry. Yeah, he, yeah, he cuckled. The other, the, other, <laughs> the other priests were allowed the OG. to see these kids naked and do stuff with them. And he was cool with that. Oh, he oh, even wrote a, a book. Horrible little man. Horrible little human being. And then to turn and go, well, forgiveness is key. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's nice. But uh, sorry, bro. That one's, I'm not I'm not. And the church finally excommunicated him. Yeah. After that. Yeah. After a and long And he went to start his battle, own church. kicked him out. Yeah. He's beyond the pale. But you start looking at that and it's like, man, it, the, the, fear, the fear of it is, and watching these documentaries is, it's, it doesn't take much. You think that they're masterminds. Or they're brilliant schemers. They're not. They just find somebody that is uh, gullible and easy to push around and scared of gay and scared. It, it, it's real easy. It's actually real easy. That's why it's, you know, the penalties are so serious about yeah. teachers and students at certain age. They can, you know, a leader, person sure. in a leader position. Boy Scouts, all that stuff. So that's why it's better to do... Uh, my way, which is teach your kids at an early age that being a cynical prick keeps you out of rape trouble. <laughs> cynical kids never, ever fall for their, hey, I got cookies in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. You also got a set of balls you want to rest on my chin. Bye. Hey, why? That kid just doesn't want cookies? You might turn down a few legit cookie offers, but every tenth cookie offer is a rape offer. And that's what you need to really avoid. So that's my lesson to the kids today. There's no such thing as free cookies, kids. Uh, every time you do it, you're one step closer to having a wiener in your hand that you don't want. For six books. Has he? Yeah, who are buying these things? Yeah, well, there's still a group of people that said, you know, he got railroaded. <sighs> tell Kirby it's that. It's only a misdemeanor. Brady, you tell yeah. Kirby. I know that's a tough one for you, that a free food offer is, uh, is also an offer of rape. If you teach your kids that at, uh, I'd say, age four, start letting them know about that around age four and five. Anybody, my, my parents did it, for God's sakes, if any stranger wandered up to me, it was like, he's trying to kill you. He's what? That man is going to kill you. It's like, I don't think so. He's going to kill you. I'm like, really? They're all, everyone out there is trying to kill you. I'm like, okay. And I lived my life feeling that way. I'm like, that's probably why I'm still alive. Otherwise, I'd have fallen for yeah, the free. And you moved a lot, too. Yeah. Up, oh, so good that's, Lord. Yeah. I was in the same bubble. Um, and it did, you yeah. know, one girl, basically... It Got happened swiped. to. Oh, yeah. it's, yeah. But there were, pre- but pre- it was pretty. Brady, uh, I'm venturing to guess, based on your history, 
There's a lot more going on in your neighborhood than you know about. Oh, oh you sure. You had naked neighbors standing there beating off in windows and looking down on the ground. Yeah, and what would you do? You'd go across the street and address and, and knock it off. <laughs> well, let's stop the whole naked press against the glass. Come on. That's the third time you've people moved out of the neighborhood because of Bob. That wasn't this bubble of like, wow, only one thing happened. Plenty happened in your yep. hood. Same as St. Tim's. Plenty more we don't know occurred, and there's a lot of people that just buried it. <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, I... Raise your kids to be cynical pricks. It's the only way to survive. You know how come there's so many cynical pricks as, when you grow up in life and you realize, Jesus, is everyone a cynical prick? Well, yeah, they're called the survivors. The rest of them were in dumpsters when they were 13. They got thrown in the bottom of lakes and stuff. Of course cynical pricks survive. We're, we're the only ones that make it. The rest of them are jerking off pastors and stuff and cars and crying because God's watching them beat off and dude, so their aliens don't steal their daughter. I don't understand it. It'll probably eventually happen, but I was thinking on the Gacy thing. Imagine someone that moves into an older neighborhood and that that Gacy person died years ago and they're in that house. John Wayne? Well, I'm yeah. just saying they're in this house that they buy and all of a sudden they, you discover... All these bones underneath the house. That oh. person got away with it the whole time. Sounds like, like poltergeist. A, a Gacy-like yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised that hasn't happened. Well, the weird part is is that, uh, uh, well, there's probably people under cement that will never know Hoffa and things like that. But uh, the uh, the weird thing is it's like those guys kind of want to get caught. There's Almost every serial killer has infamy in mind. They, they, they want to make a name for themselves. There's none of that, uh, God, I want to just die with a secret. When they're doing that and they, they get a taste for it, it becomes a cat and mouse thing. Almost all of them. At first, they get a little taste of like the society's against me and this and that, and I can make. And then it's like I am the most powerful man on the planet. Like, look at everybody's looking for me, and it's a. If, I don't know if it feeds their desires deep down to be wanted, but almost all of them end up end up getting real wallets. cavalier about like, um, look, there's a reason why Gus Fring on Breaking Bad was so appealing. Because one of the things that he that they wrote into the deal was how close he was to the DEA and the cops. Like his his deal was, it's not him. He hangs out here, and even the police are like, a guy hanging out at the police station isn't going to be the kingpin of the Southwest drug trade. He's right here, and he's not, and it's embarrassing to them. So they don't want to admit. Let's look in it. But being a cynical prick would have stopped Gus Fring and Breaking Bad immediately. Now let's take a look at this dude. Anybody wants to hang around a police station too much? He's up to something. He's trying to get an idea on what you're doing. And most of the time, oh, I can't say most of the time, but a share of the time, the cynical person's like, get out of here. Right. Like, like, get, you this guy's a shouldn't jerk. be here all the time. Like Father Dale at the school. Why are you here, chicken man? Why is El Pollo here all the time? Well, he's, he's given to the, yeah, he can write a check and drop it off. We don't have to have a ribbon cutting every time the dude shows up. He want, he's up to something. Cynical, questioning, it's the only way to live. So much, such a happier life. Always remember, kids, everyone is trying to kill you. Everyone. In fact, remember when that movie Adam came out way back in the day, oh, and it's man. like my parents like freaked out, like don't talk to anybody. I'm like <laughs> oh, Jesus, all right, <laughs> relax. The only time back when we were kids, though, that the news talked about kids was when they were missing. Yeah, and that other one yeah. that was in Tempe over there, that uh, yeah, Christian Fornoff thing. Fornoff, yeah. that was right down the street yeah. from me, and that was a lockdown on. Uh, you weren't out after dusk. Yep. They didn't know who the dude who did it was. The dude they arrested, they were like, mm, fifty fifty. Like the news was even like, we're not sure. There's a lot of holes in this thing. Okay, 
Well, that just means I get to stay inside all the time because everybody out there, my friend had a paper route. That's what she had. It was like bad news. Yeah, it's just, just know that unless you're with someone else, everyone is trying to kill you. Power and number. You're walking alone. Your brain should just kick on and go, everyone I talk to that I don't know is attempting to kill me. Especially if they're Mexican. (laughs) That's what you want to learn, kids. Judge people by the color of their skin, for God's sakes. That's what I would teach them. See, I'm ruining kids' lives right now. I'm making everybody (laughs) awful. No, of course you don't do that. Judge everybody the same. They're all awful. Brady wanders up to you and wants to give you a bottle of sauce. Guess what he's really thinking? This little blunt object called sauce is going to be used to knock you out in a second so I can rape you. He's not interested in giving a kid sauce. You know not to do that. We've told you a couple of times how you were borderline a question. You were a suspect when you had those kids in your house to wrestle. And you're the single guy on the street? That's just not good. That's just bad news. Yeah, you've been in situations where you're I've, – I've been in a situation once. I was in a Walmart and a little – it wasn't a Walmart. It was like a, a, a Target or something. It was like a store where this kid was screaming and yelling, and I grabbed his hand. I'm like, you all right? Because he's losing it. He's like, hey, I'm my mom. I'm like, here, I'll help you out. And I'm walking around with some strange kid who's crying, and I uh, can't find – I'm like, whoa, what am I thinking? I let go of him immediately, found one of those red shirts, and said, hey, this is lost. And ran away because I'm like I'm yes. a, I'm a suspect if 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 he's abducted or something and the the uh, my brain just started to work. What if the kidnapper just dumped him in this target and he's screaming and crying and now I didn't see the news but maybe this kid's pictures pu- plastered all over Omaha and there's a picture of me holding this. I'm out of here. Forget it. As video cameras, I'm like you need to go to the person in red. And I walked over to a Target employee and said, "That's it. This is yours now." I was going to help him and it dawned on me that I shouldn't. Never. Now we have drive lines. Now kids don't walk to school. I know. Now that, it's just because there's a, I think it's a. And that's because nobody teaches them the proper way. If you taught a kid, look, everybody's going to try to kill you. And anytime someone came up, they just screamed and ran because mom taught them properly that nobody's, nobody's your friend. You have to earn that. Nobody right off the bat wants to help you. I'm never going to send someone to you to pick you up ever, ever. Uh, then kids would scream and run more often than they would hop in cars. Yeah, the drive lines are because you're afraid to tell your kids that the world is scary. That's what the drive line is. Hey, I'll just do it. I'll make sure that he never, ever fears anything. And mommy's always there. Those drive lines also screw up every road in the neighborhood if you live in an elementary school and they need to be firebombed. I can't stand the drive line. But watch the John Wayne Gacy thing and just realize, yeah, maybe I should tell my kid the world's horrifying and let him be a cynical prick. Just look at I'm talking to you right now. You're alive. You have kids. You're a cynical prick. You had to be or you wouldn't be here. Otherwise, you'd be in a dumpster wrapped up in carpet. Things were definitely uh, different back there on the on the kids, especially in high school. Like, I mean, we talked to my brother earlier this week, asked him if he was in the movie, clarifying it. Yeah. And he went on a trip to Jackson Hole when he was 17 yeah. with and a he couple said, of buddies. Crazy part of that, I was underage, no chaperones, and we drove to Jackson Hole. Nobody minded. But people did. Your parents didn't. His uh, kids, other kids' parents didn't. But people would, there were plenty of people who wouldn't have done that. That's too trusting. Yeah. That's too trusting of the world. And if something terrible would have happened, the authorities go back and go, what were you guys thinking? Letting your kid drive around the, you know, it all comes back on your mom and dad. If your brother's. And my brother went on um, a couple of trips with, uh, you know, two or three other um, guys in the high school and their Boy Scout leader. That I've never understood. I never got the Boy Scout leader. I've always been. They did some hikes, you know. They did uh, the Appalachian Trail, 
Um, <laughs> did like a week. He took them out in the woods. Yeah. Man, again, sometimes you get cookies, but sometimes you get raped. Uh, every offer of cookies is a rape offer. You might get lucky now and again and just have some cookies. Anytime a stranger wants to walk you through the woods, you might get a nice trail hike. You're also probably going to get raped. <laughs> but at stranger, for sure. But it's not like, I mean, you know, just like Gacy. They thought they knew Gacy. But yeah. I guess the scout leader was the same thing. You, you knew him pretty well. And My mom, made the biggest mistake my mom made ever was when we lived in Poway, California, and the neighbor across the street whose kids died in some tragic accident. He was a little bit of a reclusive guy. He had his wife and stuff. And I, I used to play football out front with my friend Tony. And the guy knocked on my, mom, my door, and my mom answered, and he said, hey, look, I lost my son. He'd be about your son's age right now. I'd love to take your son whale watching. And so the offer stood, and I'm like, can I bring Tony with? Like, even, I, even my mom's like, sure. Which basically is like, now he's got two victims. <laughs> so me and Tony, because Tony's parents were fine with it too, were on a boat with some weird dude buying us popcorn. Watching whales in San Diego. Meanwhile, you're pointing to Tony. Take right. him. Take him. Take him. Right. Well, Tony was uh, Tony was uh, half African American and half something else, Puerto Rican or something. I don't know. So I I don't know that this guy was like if he was going to rape one of us, it's going to be the slow white kid. I think I think that was I think I was definitely the target. So bringing Tony along was just a witness. I think that was the big thing. Well, yeah, my mom's like, sure, hop in. We got in the car, and Tony and I, next thing you know, we're in the ocean with this dude. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And I had my antenna up the whole time. I'm like, this is weird. This, I didn't know his kids died. I just knew that the neighbor was taking us someplace. I just thought of a, a situation one. that would have, when I was a camp counselor at the summer camp, church camp, there's eight campers in my cabin. They're in uh, middle school, and there's a guy that had been working at the church, uh, basically janitor. Yeah. His name's Bo. Bo had been there a couple of years. Bo came down to the camp. He would uh, come down and um, participate in some stuff. He uh, did 10 years prison. Sure. For murder. That's uh, but it wasn't, you know, like, I forget what it was. If yeah. it was. But um, he stayed in my cabin that night with the. Uh, yeah. Well, that's church camp, though. They always have somebody. I know, who's but it's horrible, the same. But if, if, you, if a parent today would hear that, oh, you sure. let that person. I don't know. I think that Mormon church camps and things like that always have the redeemed murderer rapist hanging Yeah, and that's around. what it was. And he was a, yeah. a great guy. I mean, yeah. Well, he wasn't really. Yeah, there's another family really that good, would disagree with really you. Really good kisser. I mean. <laughs> Soft hands for a murderer, really. Yeah, church camp always drags out the former druggie to hang out with your kids because he's, yeah, none of that. Like regular camp is, you know, the dads have to go. They don't have any strangers without kids watching your – that's immediate red flags. Regular camp, not church camp. Church camp's different. Regular camp, and I don't even know what that is. Uh, if, if, like if I showed up, this 50-year-old guy who has no children wants to hang out and watch you. It's like, okay, he's a rapist. Just think that. Just always think that. It's the safest way to live your life. Cynical skeptics. He's a wanderer. Cynical skeptics make it. I was a trusting child. Oh, how many times were you raped? Well, that's how I'm getting to that. All right. I didn't consider it no, that. I didn't trust anybody. I remember Mark and I running through the halls of Dobson High School once uh, after a, it was a night thing, and we were the only two in there, and we thought it would be neat to be in the school. There's nobody there. And this dude comes around the corner. His face is bleeding like crazy. He's an older janitor. He's just gushing blood. He's like, I need your help. I need your help. I'm like, get away from him, Mark. AIDS. I remember <laughs> saying it. We're 15. I'm like, AIDS, AIDS, run. 
We didn't help that guy at all. And Mark said, we should call someone. I'm like, he can call someone as fast as we. He's still walking and talking. Let him get to a phone. AIDS. I'm not touching bloody janitors. We need to get out of here. I don't know what happened to that dude. He was bleeding like crazy. Whole face had just been busted out. And I'm like, go. He needs to make the phone call. He's he's asking teenagers for help. He's going to lure us back in there, wipe off all that fake blood. And it's a good old-fashioned raping. That was meat and potatoes luring right there. I've always had a keen eye for it. And also maybe a little bit of an inflated sense of self that I was such a a rape target. (laughs) That's what Father Dale Father Dale turned you down. He just, man, he just constantly rebuffed me. Tore that target up. Just (laughs) wrecked it. I'm like, I better be careful around this guy. Never once made an advance. It's because of my mouthy uh, spirit, Brett. It had nothing to do with my sweet, sweet Oh, of course not. It's true. I anyway. seen you with the Mac Weldon's on back then. Oh Ooh. my God, he'd have just passed out. I need to walk around the Biltmore with my Mac Weldon's on because now he's gay too. Uh, he walks around holding hands with this fella, and I point out that he's a child rapist uh, every chance I get, which is absolutely hilarious because he doesn't laugh or act like, "Oh, this guy, he skedaddles." So the re- everybody around's like, "Whoa, that dude that just yelled that out well, must be right." Did you see that guy? He ran out of a. They used to have a little patio restaurant. I can't remember the name of it. Where next to the Crate and Barrel. Now it's some. It's like Blanco now. But he was sitting out there, and I'm like, "Hey, Father Dale Fuchek, look at you! Hey, this is the guy that got convicted of raping a bunch of my friends in high school." And he goes, <laughs> and he picks up his stuff at the table, and they left, and everybody had take to think, Agador's hand and he, scamper. He didn't once, not even once, say, uh, "Oh, you're silly," or "Go away," or "I'll call the authority." No, he he reacted like somebody who just got caught again. <laughs> I know you. You're that guy that tried to lure all my friends in and jerk them off. Hey, how's things? How's that salad treating you, free fella? Guy who shouldn't be anywhere near society. I gotcha. Uh, It's crazy. But, yeah, be a skeptic, kid. And watch the John Wayne Gacy deal because, wow, it is crazy. At least the first episode in about 10 minutes of the second. Is it just tapes that they're playing or is there a story? They go through the whole story. They interview the – somehow or another, the investigators are still alive. You gotta figure that's forty-five years ago, and these guys were almost all of them in their late twenties, early thirties when they got assigned the deal. Yeah. And they're all kind of you know seventy-five, seventy-six, and all part of the deal. Nuts. Uh, let's get a wake-up song, shall we? As we've taught the world to be more cynical, mission accomplished. <laughs> Nothing good happens from not being cynical. Uh, get yourself a wake-up song, a good one. And I promised uh, Ronnie. The email guy that I see at Suns games that the Deftones are Saturday, and I, we, I told him one day this week we'll get a good one. If you get a good Deftones song, we'll play it. If not, and a good one, not some droning thing. Okay, yeah, you, I'll let you be the judge of that. Thanks. But if you want a wake up song, five eight five ninety eight hundred, a good one, and we'll shout it together. It's ninety eight KUP. Wake up! It's out of control now. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat, ericsfamilybbq.com.